Marketers Podcast. This is episode seven, and my name is Mike McFarlane. How you doing? Thanks for listening. This week we have the founder of Social Cat Media, Cat Tapillo Murphy. Cat is a social media strategist. She runs her own social media agency or digital marketing agency around kind of where I live, in the same kind of vicinity, in the boonies and in the six, kind of in the middle of nowhere of kind of north central Ontario I guess eastern northeastern Ontario whatever we like to call it anywho Kat is awesome uh definitely give her a follow on Instagram we'll have contact information for Kat in the description of this podcast as well as on the social media posts that are promoting this podcast we're going to change up the format a little bit here I'm actually going to drop off and we're going to jump right into the interview now and at the end of the episode we'll do a rehash of what we talked to Kat about we'll talk a little bit about the music that we've got playing in this episode as well as rhyme off how you can connect with me or connect with 3MG so without further ado Social Cat Media's Cat to Pillow Murphy Pillow Murphy, welcome to the Indie Marketers Podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. How's it going? How's your Friday going? It's good. It's a snowy winter day, so I'm just working and staying warm and cozy. (laughs) And you're very rural like like we are here too. You're in Lakefields. So technically we live in Lakefield, but we're about 15 minutes from the village of Lakefield. So we're out in the woods and yeah, rural. <laughs> Got it. And have you been there for a while? No, we are. We just finished four months here. So oh, we're wow. new. Nice. And you were Peterborough previously. Yes. So we lived in Peter for, Peterborough for about seven years and felt called for an even more rural, oh. simple life. So we found ourselves up near Buckhorn in Lakefield and we love it out here. Amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you very much for making the time for me today i really appreciate it for those that don't know cat cat is i don't want to say like a a social media manager per se but you run your own social media agency and you help other companies other small businesses run and use social to their benefit yeah so social cat media is a social media agency i recently updated my like title so of course i'm the ceo and founder but I need, I was like, I need a job title. So yeah. I am the head of strategy and memes. Is head of strategy title. and memes. Okay. And very like important it. to put that yeah. in there. Yes. No, I'm definitely down with that. I, I'm a big meme and emoji guy in all of my communications. So I can, Same. I can very much appreciate that. How did you get started in this? Cause social media itself, I was talking to a, a, a client this morning. It feels like social media is not that old, but it, or it's it it maybe it doesn't feel that old, but it's also evolved a metric shit ton in the last few years. Oh, totally. And like for me, when I went to university, so I started university in 2012 and I was in a Bachelor of Creative Advertising course. So obviously like everything advertising um, and social media wasn't a thing we talked about, which is wild to think about like a decade ago. It wasn't like people were brands were on social 
these things were happening, but it wasn't a focus. Right. And I'm pretty sure in my first year of university, we had like, I took a social media course and it was like, this is what Twitter is. And like, can you write a tweet with 180 characters? So it was very much like still learning the basics of how a business would use it. And I really just found it really interesting and felt kind of lost in terms of my program, the advertising agency life in Toronto wasn't who I am as a person. Obviously now I live in like a tiny rural community. So wasn't vibing with that. And I was trying to figure out like what I was going to do with my life, like whether this program was for me. So I just started playing around with social, did some internships and then realized like that's what I wanted to do with my life. So I just really focused on it. That's it's funny. You just, you talk about kind of coming into social and in 2012, it, it, it was certainly prominent, but not as nearly as prominent as it is today where you have creators and you have businesses that run on Instagram and TikTok. I remember my CEO, when I worked at a company called Eloqua, Brian Carden, uh, this was around 2008 or 2009. He walked by my desk and saw me on Twitter and was asking like, what are you doing? Why are you on Twitter at work? And I was talking to him about like, we should be using Twitter to promote the things that we're doing as a, as a company. And he kind of got it at first and then really started to get it. He became one of the most influential CMOs on, on Twitter for a while. But I just that same mentality of like people not really understanding or not knowing kind of the value of it. It's certainly like, I, I can't imagine a business without social media now. Is that kind of what you're seeing? Like, obviously you've built your business and your career around social media. Are you finding that a lot of businesses themselves are starting to think like, well, if I'm not there, there's a really big opportunity that I'm missing. 100%. I think sometimes we lose sight of that perspective in terms of how much social media has changed how we do business, especially as small business owners, where if 10 years ago, you would have to be investing in a billboard or transit ads in your community or getting on the radio. And that obviously has costs associated with it. And I don't want to say this in a negative way, but sometimes we, we almost got it too good with social media that it when businesses were building on social, when it was really becoming a thing for brands, it was really easy to grow because we didn't have the competition. There wasn't as many people out there. Right. That's different now. So it's it's switching switching that narrative from it being like an easy, free, like, oh, I'll just post on social type thing for business and really focusing on like the strategic part of it and figuring out like, how are we talking to our audience? So just like you would get strategic making a radio ad in terms of what radio station you'd go on or where you're going to put your billboard or we're going to do print ads. We need to really focus on that shift with social for sure too. And I think that's one of the things I've, I've personally started to really appreciate, especially watching Kim, you know, my wife, Kim, um, doing all the social work for 3MG and, I see all the work that I see all the stuff that you post and I've like looked at your website and things like that. And it's, it's, it's planning. It's not, it's not just about like it's execution is always the easiest thing. Like it's easy to hit the send button and let, let something go. But when you do something with purpose and you do it with a strategy behind it, it tends just to be that much more effective. 100%. And like, I'm really passionate about strategy and also intentionality when it comes to social media because like I'll be the first to admit there are negatives of social and as 
this generation and this type of, like business these days, like we've built our businesses online. There's the expectation that we're always online and there's negative aspects of that for mental health. Like even just how we do our businesses, things like that. So it's really important that we have a strategy. We know why we're doing it. We're intentional about what we're posting and why. So that's not like a negative cycle of we're doing stuff, we're not seeing results and we're spending more time and it's not having an impact. We want to make sure that we kind of take a step back and figure out that why and, and what we're doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, kind of taking it back, I guess, to the start for you, when did you start, I guess, Social Cat Media? So I started freelancing or like doing my own thing in university. So in my second year, my first year of university, the summer after I did a communications internship in Ireland at a nonprofit, which was super cool. And again, like made me realize that this is what I wanted to do. And then after my second year of university, I was like, I don't really want just like a regular summer job after having a cool experience my first summer. So I did the Ontario government summer company program, which gives funding and business mentorship and training for students who want to start their own business in the summer. So I did that. And I was like, okay, what am I going to do? I'm going to start my own business. What's going to be? So I focused on social media training for small businesses uh, in the Bay of Quinney region is where I'm from. So I did that. I worked a lot, a lot with nonprofits. Um, and that was a really great experience. Really, was like, okay, there is a need. People, people need the training, the teaching. And then when I came into my fourth year, we had to do an internship as part of our program. And as I mentioned, I wasn't feeling the agency life yep. and it was not what I wanted to do. And so I was feeling very stuck on like, how, how do I complete this program? I put four years into it. How do I just get through it? And I'm a big sports fan. So I was actually listening to a sports podcast and they had someone on from the Canadian Women's Hockey League and they had an internship position opening for a social media manager. I said, okay, like this would be Perfect. So in my the fall of my fourth year of university, I started uh, working the Canadian Women's Hockey League as a social media manager, which led into a contract position. And then from there, kind of worked in the sports industry freelance for a few years before coming to Peterborough, kind of getting settled in what is a very strong, like entrepreneurial small business community. And that's where I started kind of branching out from sports and really focused on my love of small biz. Makes sense. And it's funny you say that about Peterborough. I had Emma Scott, which I, who I believe, you know, on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Um, and she said the same thing now I, and I mentioned on the podcast too, that I'm from Markham and Peterborough and my parents live in Peterborough now. And I've always had this not negative connotation of Peterborough, but Peterborough has always just kind of seemed like a little bit like a retirement community. It's, it's a little bit older. That's tends to be the demographic. I didn't realize there was such a creative spirit there. Yeah, the arts and entrepreneurial community in Peterborough is really awesome. And it, what led me here. So my husband and I are both from Quinney West. And then I went to school in Toronto and he went to school in Peterborough. Toronto was not for me. And I spent a lot of time coming to visit him and stay with him in Peterborough. And it was like, it was a no brainer for us that this right. is where we wanted to stay. And even if you just like look at downtown Peterborough, there's so many independent shops, so many small businesses. Like the restaurant scene here is 
wild in terms of how many like independent restaurants there are. So it really is cool to see that community of supporting small business of people doing their own things. And I think with our proximity to Toronto, there's a lot of people who have left Toronto who wanted more work-life balance and, you know, wanted to enjoy outside and be a part of like a vibrant community where you knew people, but still have access to the arts and all those cool things you can get in the city. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now you, you've talked a lot about small business. Is that typically who you work with? Yeah. So my main focus is our main focus is small business. Like I love working with solo entrepreneurs, the people that have started their own business sometimes as like a side thing and have grown it into their full-time gig. Um, but we also work with larger brands that are candlewide, uh, consumer packaged goods, um, some larger service-based businesses across Canada. So we, we do the full spectrum, but my, my love language is for sure supporting small business. Got it. Are the, uh, I guess with, with working with small businesses, especially, do you find that it's a little bit different than working with like larger brands, larger companies in terms of not the buy-in, but the process of like, building a social media strategy and kind of finding your voice and all of that. Do you find it different between small business and I don't want to say enterprise, but just bigger business? Yeah. And I think, again, I'm very passionate about, I hate the word work-life balance because I don't, it doesn't exist, but like the idea of being, feeling comfortable in that flow between work and life. And as a small business owner, especially if they're let's say hiring us to do their social media strategy where they're going to be the ones implementing it. We have to be very cognizant that they are not a full-time content creator. So a lot of the information we see on social is like post three times a day, or you need to post a reel every day. And that's not realistic for someone who is a parent and working nine to five, like working their business nine to four and is doing everything from the accounting to the product development to like, it's not possible to have the same social media as a company that has a full-time social media manager uh, working for them. So that's something that we really take into consideration working with small businesses is how is it going to fit in their life and what is sustainable for them? That makes a lot of, uh, that resonates with me. Just, I never did any social marketing. I, I, for like, since I started 3MG two years ago and it's not that I didn't want to, it's just, it was time. Time was always the enemy because if you want, like I always wanted to do it properly and it takes a lot of work to do it properly, which I never truly appreciated until I started thinking about, well, what does a social strategy look like for 3MG? I couldn't even come up with it. Mm. That's I've been just so thankful for Kim and so thankful for the strategies that you've been able to give to Kim for us because it's just... I think what I'm starting to realize with the power of social, it's not just about getting content out there and like promoting your brand. It's really like, especially for small businesses like ours, it's a reflection of you. And that's, I think really the coolest thing that I've really started to experience with social is that you can have some personality with it. It doesn't need to be download, click, like click on the link, this bitly link to download this white paper, or this ebook. Like it can be fun. It can be personable. It can be behind the scenes. It can really be whatever you want it to be. But I guess that really all depends on too, like what sort of audience you have. So I think like for folks who are getting started in social media, like where do you tell people to start? 
That's a, that's a big question. <laughs> and it does really depend on the business and what their goals are, what sure. their capacity is. But as you mentioned, like that connection piece is so incredibly valuable. And I think that's something that a lot of business owners don't necessarily consider is the reason social media was created was for people to connect with people. Like that's why Facebook became a thing, right? That they wanted to stay in touch with other like university students. So at the end of the day, even though you're a business owner, you're still a human, your customers, your clients are humans and they want to connect with humans. So we need to make sure that there still is that humanity to what we do on social. And so when we're working like with a solo entrepreneur, obviously that's fairly easy because it's a one person like business where we can really incorporate who they are into that content. But even when we think of a larger business, it's a focusing on that humanity. So the community, the community base of who their audience is, like what their lives look like. So instead of just always thinking about like what's going on to in our business, what do we want to sell? What's coming up? what's coming up for our business. It's really important to like flip the script to like, what is my audience going through right now? So like right. you're thinking January, like your audience might be in the winter blahs and like where January feels like it's like a year long. And, and in February, maybe they're like, they need some motivation about getting outside. So really thinking about like who your audience is, how you can help them and like what's going on in their lives. And then flipping it to include your business, how you provide value, but always got to think about the people like we're all real people on social yeah and i i i i would love to actually get your point of view on this one like for, from a social standpoint the, the in terms of platforms the most time i spend on a platform is probably linkedin that's mm -hmm. where like my network is that's that tends to be where uh, I don't want to say, I don't, not my messages resonate the most, but that's where my, like, I feel like my audience is there and we're obviously, we're growing an audience on Instagram. We're growing an audience on TikTok now. And one of the things that I constantly see, especially on LinkedIn, and it could just be the nature of my feed, everyone focusing on this idea of personal brands. Do you like that term? Do you think it's a, a term that, that works for folks? Do you think it's kind of blown out of proportion in terms of maybe how people use it? I think there's so much value behind the idea of it. And I think the term personal brand can sometimes be used out of turn or like too much. Like it becomes almost like a fad or a trend. But the idea behind it is that, again, people are humans and, and you're human. And whenever we can add that humanity to a business or a brand, that's important. So like in my case, social cat media is an agency so people aren't necessarily always working directly with me but I am the the person behind the business so it's my personality my personal brand that's incorporated into the business and the reason that's so important is like there's other social media people out there but sure. there's a reason someone's going to choose to work with your business versus someone else's and you need to figure out what that is and often that's because of your values or your personality, like the why of why the business was started. So like my website talks about, you know, being an office fan girl and like uses vocabulary, vocabulary, 
Oh my goodness. Vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> it uses words that my audience is Friday <laughs> afternoon. So um, my website uses words and phrases that my audience would recognize that they've seen on social, that it's not trying to speak to everyone because that's not going to make people feel compelled to work with, with us because it has no personality, no connection. So by honing in on like what makes you different, that really creates power. So even if you are a larger business with multiple employees, figuring out like what the vibe of the company is and like the vibe of the employees, like, is it, you know, fun and having the drink card on Fridays and things Mm -hmm. like that, figuring out like, Hey, what, what is, what is our, why, what is how we work and incorporating that into how you market yourself. I like that. I like that a lot. I, I've struggled with not the struggle is a big word, I keep going back and forth with the idea of personal branding. And I think I, I, I like the way that you said it. I think behind that word is all the good that, that you want to do. It's really your authentic self and putting a word like personal brand on it kind of makes you feel like a product. Like that's the way that I look at it. And maybe we are a product in some way, shape or form, but at the end of the day, we're also people and being able to, showcase your own personality through like your website or through the content that you post. That's the stuff that resonates with me. And that's, that's, and you said it too, like, that's what's going to make people resonate with kind of who you are as a person or the services that you're going to offer, how you're going to work together, like getting that kind of sneak peek into that really is really kind of cool. Yeah. And I think it comes down to storytelling. So if you think about when we're talking about our product or service, obviously we could just post about this is the product I sell. This is what I do. But when we can tell a story and that takes personality, humanity to tell those stories, it adds so much more value. And it's funny because I was on LinkedIn earlier today and I saw a post and it was from a woman. I actually didn't click her profile, but I'd be curious to know if she's like a business owner or who or what she does. But it was a photo of her and her daughter in the car. And it said like, I don't do meetings past five, five o'clock or no dinner is at 5 PM. And it was, I, so I, I don't I do saw that post past- too. Okay. Yeah. It was yeah, pretty, like it had like 20,000 yeah. uh, likes. It was, it was pretty well performing, but the, the post breaks down that, you know, her kids go to bed at seven. And so that means that she's done work at four or four 30 the latest so that they can get supper on the table, do bedtime, do all these things. And that is, that's the why that was like that, quote unquote, balance of parenting and business ownership. That is so much more impactful versus someone saying our, you know, my agency works until 4 p.m. for work-life balance. You're like, okay, I respect that. But telling that story, putting to that context, like feeling those emotions makes it so much more powerful. And like, I resonated with that post so much because we also eat dinner at five because our kids go to bed at seven and that's like a non-negotiable in our family in terms of our kids getting rest. So I also like finish work no later than four 30 so that dinner, like my husband and I can go dinner on the table. We can do that family time, do those things and get our kids in bed at seven. Yeah. I, I a hundred percent agree with that. Boundaries are certainly important, especially as a small business owner. Cause one of the things that I asked Emma this too, one of the things that I've in my career, not just running three MG, I've struggled with is saying no. And as a new business owner, when you're growing, 
you don't want to say no to things because it's just, you feel fortunate that someone's maybe reached out to you. Maybe the money is good. I don't know. How do you find, do you find it hard to say no to people or do you find it hard to, I guess not play devil's advocate, but in the service, in the world that we're in with services, you do have to say no sometimes against your customer's will. How do you find that process? It's definitely something I struggle with. Like, and I think almost every business owner probably struggles with that scarcity mindset instead of abundance that, you know, if we say no to something, then it's not, then that's, that's it. And you know, what if tomorrow everyone ends contracts and things like that? So I think it's something that we always just need to keep reminding ourselves. I am really working on that because for me, the boundaries and that like work-life flow is so important. So I have a four-year-old and a one-year-old. So our like, I I really hate the saying the days are long, but the years are short. I hate it. Um, but I also recognize I have two small children that will not always be two small children. So that is something that's super important to me to be there to get my daughter off the school bus and to take days off to go on field trips with her class, things like that. And recognizing that me saying yes to certain stuff is me saying no to those things. So that's been the biggest mindset shift for me is recognizing if I'm saying yes to something, that means I'm saying no to something else. So there's times where saying yes to work stuff in order to say no to family things or doing like making sure our laundry is under not no wildly out of control makes sense where it's like this work thing is really lighting me up there's other times where saying yes to family stuff means saying no to work stuff and have to be okay with that constant imbalance yep no i totally get it i totally get it what's been the most rewarding thing about running social cat media i really love helping people. So like that, that really is my why. And so being able to see small business owners who are feeling like frustrated or overwhelmed or confused, and then they walk away feeling confident and their business is growing and there's that positive impact in those small local communities. That's the biggest reward. And the thing I love the most is seeing, seeing that impact and like increasing the positivity around social media because there is so much negativity in terms of even like being a business owner we get frustrated about how things are performing so really trying to stay realistic with my clients and create those sustainable strategies that feel good that's like my biggest mission is for social media to feel good like we're not doing things that we hate we're not feeling like we need to follow some random person on the internet who's telling us to do X, Y, and Z in order to be successful. Like we get to define success. We get to figure out what works for our business and then run with that. I really like that. I, I, and I'm going to, I'm going to hold on to that because that's, I think such an important saying that like, you're right. There is a lot of negativity with social media. There's a lot of negative stuff in the world in general, everywhere, but when you can use social media, not even, I don't want to say use social media, when social media can enhance what you're doing, when it can bring positivity 
two two things it's it's a really cool tool that way and you see a lot of good on social media too you hear some really good feel good stories about how people have connected and things like that now do you focus just strictly on social media are there other channels that that you focus on as well so we focus on social. We also do blogging as a add-on service. So we do everything from consulting, so like one-on-one power hours, to full-on strategy development, to managing clients' social media platforms from like start to finish. Got it. Got it. And is there, is there, I guess in the perfect world, if there was one of those things you could focus on, what would it be? I love all aspects of it for different reasons. My favorite thing for sure is the strategy development. So whether that's working one-on-one with clients and like a power hour consultation or presenting a client with a strategy, I really, really love that. And it's for exactly the reason we just talked about is giving them the power back. So not them feeling under control by social media. It's like giving them the control back and knowing, okay, this is how we're going to use it. This is how it's going to work in your life. And this is how it's going to make it not feel gross. (laughs) Not feel gross. (laughs) (laughs) Is there one specific, or are there specific social media platforms you like working on more than others? Because I think for me, they're all like, they're all mechanisms to get content out, but I know that the way you interact with them all is very different. Like I, like TikTok has blown up in the last couple of years and I've only ever know, like thought of it as like people dancing and then on to the next thing, which I know it's a lot more than that. There's a lot of great how-to stuff and, and things like that. But from a, from a platform perspective, is there one that, that you like working on the most? Yeah, so we're an Instagram first agency, and it really comes down to our ethos, the company for community building. So the ability to build community on Instagram is really strong. So if you think about like Instagram versus TikTok, like TikTok has great opportunities on it too. We have less of that like that community based just and how it works and how people interact with the platform. It is a lot more of like a passive platform where people, you know, we're scrolling through videos where Instagram has a bit more of an opportunity to build those connections. So that's our main focus as an agency. I am starting to play around with some more. Um, so like being more active on LinkedIn and on TikTok and things like that, but for sure our main focus. And in terms of how our clients work, Instagram is our, our bread and butter, our main focus. It is a really great stepping stone for businesses to get established on social. So they can have great, um, a great presence on Instagram without having to do videos and things like that. So a lot of times people say, okay, I, someone told me I should be on TikTok. But when we talk through the strategy of what that involves is okay. Like we'll guide you through, we'll coach you through these videos like oh actually i i don't uh i don't want to be i don't want to be <laughs> and instagram allows you to build community and make really powerful connections without necessarily you know being on video every day makes sense yeah i got i never i guess with with instagram you've got you've got posts you've got reels you've got stories you have these different types of media that you can use versus tiktok is primarily all video and uh, the only thing I've heard about TikTok is apparently their algorithm is ridiculously like sound. 
it's though the amazing thing about TikTok is that it's a lot more the discoverability of content is a lot easier. So on Instagram, Instagram knows who you are very well. They know what you've engaged with in the past. They know and they have a really good sense of what you like. And it kind of stays in a pretty tight tunnel of like, okay, you engage with this type of content, we'll show you something kind of similar. Where TikTok kind of broadens that a whole lot more. So you get something you didn't necessarily even know you liked yet. And then they'll show you a video like, oh, actually I love watching. One time I got into this like rabbit hole on TikTok of someone like fixing carpets. Like he was like a carpet surgeon, like go in if you had, and you just fix it. And it was like mind blowing, obviously not some like content I would ever seek out and not something that Instagram would probably ever show me. So TikTok kind of like expands upon what you engage with to give you even more unique stuff. Makes sense. What do you enjoy about entrepreneurship? So much. I really like doing my own thing and having the creativity of like every day being different that I get to choose for the most part, like what I'm going to focus on at a given time. I love, especially now that as a parent, like I have additional flexibility and the opportunity to like I've always worked from home so it's always been something that's like that work-life flow has always been important to me and that I get to like build a business and my kids get to see me doing it and it's really cool that is really cool and I it's uh, I think I 100% agree with all that like I watch having our daughter see Kim and I do stuff for 3MG and like she hears stories of like daddy dressing up like the macho man and putting a video up on TikTok or um, just like seeing Kim work in our living room on like building posts or building plans for stuff. And it's, it's cool that she gets to see that like, Hey, this is how mommy and daddy work. And this is how we work together. And which is, it's, it's really rewarding that way. Do you find, have you, I guess, have you ever worked, I don't want to say in a corporate environment, but like in the more like non-entrepreneurial environment, not non-entrepreneurial, I guess, I'm going to say corporate environment. Like yeah. have, have you worked in a corporate environment in the past? So definitely when I was like first started off in freelance, it, the sports industry would be more corporate in right. terms of like I was contracted out, but there was structures and executive directors and things like that and I did have one corporate non-social media um, position when I was just starting my business like straight out of university and I didn't enjoy it Um, and that was kind of like a big push for me to do my own thing so I like I I love a lot of people I worked with I enjoyed the work I was doing but there was a few things that were like sticking points for me And I have had some like tragedies in my life that have really made me realize that like nothing in life is guaranteed and might as well like do the thing that you want to do. So when I quit my corporate job, I think I had like $500 a month in contracts, like not nothing I could live on. Thankfully I had like a partner with a stable job. Um, And the day after I quit my job, one of my contracts called me and said, I think like we basically need you almost full time for the next month to to handle a project. And so it just, it was one of those things that was like really meant to be. That was a really good sign that like, okay, 
we're doing it. Yep. I, it's funny how that kind of happens. I had the same thing happen to me. I came out of a, a pretty shitty situation from a job and was sitting with Kim and we had always talked about me consulting on my own at some point. And she was just like, why is now not the time? Like, let's, what do you have to lose? Why not now? Why not now? Like you're in no worse situation if you don't do it. Um, and kind of like you, like within the first month I got my first client and then it's just, you kind of snowball from there and it's like, okay, this is actually feels real. This feel like this can be a thing. And that's so wild that the, it was the first time in my career where I felt like I had complete control of my own destiny. It's really powerful. It's hugely powerful. You don't, I don't, it's. I, and I have no regrets with companies I've worked for in the past. I've met great people. I've learned a shit ton. It's been great. But there's just something that's very rewarding when you get to go and you do it yourself. And you can kind of pat yourself on the back and say like, hey, I'm actually doing the thing that I didn't think was possible. It's so, it's so amazing. I, funnily enough, I grew up not thinking entrepreneurship was in my path. Even though like me and my friends were always like making businesses and selling cars, like doing all the things, but I always wanted to be a teacher. That was like my goal. My mom's a teacher. And so that's kind of like the lifestyle and and that ethos is kind of ingrained in me at like from a young age. But then I really fell in love like art and design. So in university, I was like, okay, I'm going to go do this thing. And even then it never occurred to me that I would ever do my own thing. And it really is like the perfect blend of all the things I enjoy doing. And I love that, like that teaching aspect is still in there. And I get, I get to make my own terms of my life, which I think is so powerful. How do you, with, we mentioned at the beginning of the, of, of the episode that so much has changed in social in the last few years. How do you stay on top of it? How do you follow the trends? How do you find new trends that are like emerging? I spend a lot of time on social media. <laughs> um, that's like, I think an occupational hazard of the job is I have to be very cognizant of like my time online because I, you know, follow industry leaders. I'm engaged in those like educational pieces. I'm in the process right now of doing like a year long social media, like a master strategist training. So I'm always learning and like wanting to stay on top of things. But part of it is just, being on the platforms and having a feel of what how people are feeling and what are they doing so I need to be really always careful about how much time I'm spending online so it's like a really hard balance to to reach that's fair it's yeah we tell our kids and we tell our partners our husbands wives whoever that like you don't want to sit on your phone for eight hours a day you kind of have to, or not, not just your phone, but I mean, but I'm sorry. Sorry. I don't want to say you have to, but there's a lot of, I can see that just, you've got to have those boundaries and those time limits for yourself so that you don't feel like you're fully immersed into this completely other world. Yeah. Like you could spend the whole day just scrolling and not doing any work. And 
it, there would be benefits you would pick up in terms of learnings, but then you haven't done any work. So it's a really important to stay tuned in, stay in check with what's going on, but also take a step back so that you can frame things from your own point of view. Because if we're like spending all our time online, we're going to get really caught up in what other people are doing. And we see we're like, I should be doing what that person is doing. And that's not necessarily the case. Like what's going to work for your business or for you is going to look a lot different. I feel like, and I don't know if I used this term earlier, but like imposter syndrome, mm. like I had, that, that's something that I really struggle with personally. I see, and I like, I just for backstory for you, like I was on Instagram personally up until I think 2016 or 17 and I and Facebook. And I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Cause I feel like all I'm seeing is you want to see the best of people, but you know, it's not reality. You know, it's like, you know, that like, just because someone posts like this amazing birthday party or this amazing vacation, yes, that's great. But it always seems to, for lack, it just, it always seems to be positive. And I know that like there is negatives and I find, I just never found that it was authentic or real. Yeah. And I think that's, we're thankfully slowly like pushing through that. But I always use the example of like my motherhood experiences for social media. So when I had my daughter in 2017, the only thing you saw online about parenthood, motherhood was like picture perfect, curated nurseries, babies sleeping, moms doing whatever they wanted while their baby slept and life was great. I had my daughter and that was not my experience. Mm -hmm. So I had major like, what the heck am I doing wrong? Like what's wrong with my baby? What's wrong with me? And even now, flash forward four years later, when I had my son in 2021, the conversations are so much different, which is so needed. Like there's a lot more of the reality of, of motherhood. And I think if we compare that to, to business, we're also starting to see that before everything on Instagram was like curated flat lays of like beautiful products and things like that. And now we're seeing more photos of people, of like real life stories, people talking about their struggles. And that's something I'm a huge advocate of in my own business is like talking about the hard times. Like it's not all sunshine and roses over here. And I'm trying to be really real because I know my audience is struggling with that. People I know are struggling with that. So I want to make sure that's not something that's just hidden behind closed doors. Absolutely. You you talked a lot about being or you're seeing more of like the personality and the people behind the brands or behind the companies now in social more than ever what do you think are some of the big trends going into 2023 that that folks should follow or that folks should pay attention to and coming into that like showing people in social so we're again we're still pushing back from that like overly curated so behind the scenes like raw content is really on the rise and one of the biggest tips I give business owners is to just start filming aspects of their day. So whether it's working in a computer or you're packaging your products or you're working like in a brainstorm meeting on a whiteboard, set up a phone, hit record and just have that video content because that can be used in so many different platforms and different media forms. So like whether it's an Instagram story or you're making a TikTok and you can use that video and add a time lapse to it and add some trending music and maybe a quote or some some kind of update on it for your audience. That is really valuable to have that behind the scenes content and 
people, again, they, we want to see people on social. We want to feel connected to brands, even if it is like a multi, you know, giant corporation. If we can see the marketing, like the marketing team brainstorming the next ad, like those are things that really draw people in and definitely something that businesses of all stages and sizes should focus on and look into in 2023. Do you think the pandemic kind of changed that shift a bit? I think so. Because again, like it's always been human, humans want to connect with humans. Then we look at everyone being thrown into a lockdown. We lost that even just like day to day, seeing someone at the grocery store that we really extra craved Okay, if I only can talk to people through my screen, I want them to be real people. Yeah, I I think that's, I, I'm just kind of putting two and two together now. I'm not saying that they're they're definitely correlated, but I would say in the last couple of years, for sure, you, and we've said this before, but you're seeing that more authentic, the more personality, the more behind the scenes of people's lives. Like it's not just the best of the best anymore. It's like you're seeing parents talk about having hard times with their kids uh, or hardships with layoffs, like especially in tech right now. Like, I don't know if you're seeing it as much, but tech is getting hit hard with layoffs now. And you're seeing that more raw emotion come out where it's just like, okay, like this is nice. Like, it's not nice to see the hardships, yeah. but it's nice to feel that pe- it's nice to see that people are feeling more comfortable and empowered to put their authentic thoughts out, not just what is going to get the most likes or the most clicks or the most visibility. And the the piece of that that's actually really powerful or maybe a little bit surprising is that often those those posts get the most engagement. So it's not necessarily trying to use them as like engagement bait, but recognizing that people people care. Like For me, I've talked about my struggles with like postpartum mental health after both my kiddos. And I had a meeting with a client whose kids are grown up like adults. And she mentioned to me how much she appreciated my post because no one talked about it. She struggled too and no one talked about when she had her kids. So it's things like that that like build such powerful connections. And so there's like the hardship or the the talking about that realness is so crucial but then even just like humanizing brands is also something that you'll continue to see more and more. Like if we think about TikTok specifically, there's so many brands that have an employee who is like the persona of the brand that like, you know, Duolingo or it'd be like a, a drink company. And there's their social media person is the face of the company, which gets into a lot of questions in terms of there like as an employee how much does it make sense that you're the face of a brand and like if your social media manager leaves and there's a whole like a lot of questions that that arises but if we think about like how businesses are leveraging that it, it is letting a social media manager be the face of a multinational company so yep. it's really interesting to see that push that yeah there's hundreds of maybe thousands of employees and you have one or a couple social media people that are the brand and recognizable as that brand on social media. It's wild. That's, that's wild for me only because 
I'm seeing like I see the complete opposite of I see a different conversation, especially happening on LinkedIn, where with all the layoffs that are happening, people just saying like you like you are not the company. Yeah, like, companies can get rid of you just like that. And when I say the company, it's it's obviously it's it's C level executives or people making decisions yeah. or boards and stuff like that. But there's this kind of I don't want to say uprising, but you I'm getting this feeling that people are starting to realize that your your work should be meaningful. You should be what what you want it to be. And it just because you're not drinking the Kool-Aid of the company that you work for, or you're not posting like pictures of you and their swag and stuff like that doesn't mean you care any less about them. It just means that like, Hey, sometimes a job can just be a job and that's okay. So to hear like, and, but I totally get there's that other side where you have these like brands. I don't know if like, I, like I just immediately think of like Nike or Coca-Cola or like KFC or whatever, you have these one or two social media managers that bring life to this logo or that bring life to this, this phrase that's gotta be weird. And it's I can see that weird. where there's that, like, there's that weird balance between like who you are and how, and who you're looked at as being as. Mm-hmm. And like, for me, I'm, I am the cat of social cat media. So it makes a hundred percent that I am, know the one showing up on video and things like that but when we think about those larger corporations and something like I've I'm currently working on with some of my CPG clients is is, okay like this if we're going to do TikTok this is how it needs to be done in order for it to be successful but it's not me I'm not going to be the person in the video so it's figuring out who makes sense in the organization providing them with the training the tools and doing the strategy and the, the implementation of it but there needs to be a face of an organization, but then you get into the danger zone of like what happens if that person leaves and yep. goes to a competitor or like anything like that. So it is really interesting times in, in social media. I'm going to do a really big diversion here. What are you listening to these days? I'm a big music fan. We always talk about music on the podcast. Are you a music fan? Are there certain things that are like playing on your, on your Apple or music or Spotify daily right now? Well, I love music, awesome. Um, but I am the least like musically talented. I love to sing and dance and just enjoy music, but like have no, I'm not like, <laughs> I'm not deep when it comes to my music. If that That's okay. Sense. That's okay. So, <laughs> right now. I mean, always, it's always Taylor Swift. Um, like always. So Taylor Swift's new album, Midnight's is unreal so that's always on repeat and then because i do have a four-year-old i'm actually really loving the frozen one and two soundtracks right now Mm -hmm. like there's a few times i come into the office and i'm like tempted to put it on like even though it's just me like the music is so good so that's that's what i'm listening to right now that's awesome and (laughs) it's funny i had uh the the co-founders of emmy collective another agency on last week and we talked a lot about Taylor Swift uh, and just the debacle with Ticketmaster and the concert and or her concert tour. Um, oh, she- I know. I want to get tickets. I was supposed <laughs> to like put a mortgage payment onto a Taylor Swift ticket. But, but she, she seems to have the Midas touch. Whenever she drops new music, everyone listens. 
And for me, it's really interesting, like as a business owner and someone who works in marketing, she's also like a just her brand is amazing. And the way she's been able to evolve her brand and build that community of people who, you know, feel like they know her and it's really powerful to see like, and when she started speaking out again, like about her beliefs and politics and things like that, knowing that that would ostracize herself from some communities, but knowing like that she needed to say those things. And like, as a business owner, there's things that like, I feel very strongly about that I need to say. And I just, yeah, I just look up with to her in terms of her brand, her marketing. And then I just think she's the best. That's awesome. And that's great. And I like, I'm a, I'm a big heavy metal rock music guy and the teenage version of me would have been like the metal, not a metal elitist, but like there was no other music if it wasn't heavy metal. Now, now I'm not like I'm embracing all music and I don't listen to Taylor Swift on a daily basis. I 100% respect and appreciate what she's done. And to go from a teenage country singer to being one of the biggest pop stars in the world is a pretty incredible journey. And I, I watched her actually, her documentary, was it on Netflix? Yeah, Miss Americana. Was really good. So good. Really good. So I can appreciate how much you love Taylor Swift. And I can <laughs> however yeah, like, Taylor Swift. For me, like I, she first came out when I think I was in grade nine. So those like, cheesy country like breakup songs I was belting them out in the school bathroom (laughs) and then it's like been this evolution of her brand as I've grown up so it's really cool for me to have this person that's like to bid with me through my life and like yeah it's just I I always relate to her music and it always is like the perfect background noise when I'm working it's it's almost when you put it that way it's almost like you've grown up together yeah and that's really cool. And yeah. I feel that with like, there's a lot of bands that I feel the same way with that are still around now, like Foo Fighters, mm. Metallica. Uh, I'll just, I'll name those as just a few, but they've been around in my musical atmosphere since I can remember. And it's cool to see, like, as you grow up, you can have different appreciations for their older music, but a new appreciation for their newer music too. For sure. Even if it's different than their old stuff and it doesn't yeah. sound the same and all that. But anyway, that's, I love it. And Frozen, hey, Frozen holds true. I'm it's sorry. Tough. It's a great, <laughs> Frozen 1 and 2 soundtracks. Awesome. So good. Like we, I really want to get a bumper sticker made that's like, don't worry, we're listening to Frozen or something like that. Because like me and my daughter, we're like, arms up, like Walking just- out. Doing the whole like Broadway performance of it, like blasting it in the car. And I love it. Beautiful. I love that. Listen, Kat, I really appreciate all the time you've made for me this week. Thank you so much. How can people reach out to you? We'll make sure I'll make sure to have details when we promote this on social and in the in our podcast description. How can people get a hold of you? So as I mentioned, I spend too much time on social media. So you can definitely connect with me on Instagram at socialcatmedia. And that's cat with a K. And then we're also online at socialcatmedia.com. Awesome. Well, thank you. I learned a lot and I will continue to learn a lot as I follow you on social. So thank you for teaching. Thank you for being your authentic self. Just thank you for being you. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me today. It's been so fun. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. Thanks.
Thank you so much to Kat for joining me this week. Definitely an awesome conversation. Social media, I think it's something that I've always had a lot of interest in, but I've never known how to use it professionally, I guess is the best way to say it. I think we all use social media in one way, shape or form personally, whether it be Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or Reddit or TikTok or whatever, uh, even LinkedIn. But I think the the ability to use it as a channel is something that has just never, I've never spent a lot of time learning about. And Kat makes it sound so doable. And I think that has to do a lot with her own knowledge and her own experience in the field, but also just the way that she articulates it back to folks. She's just, she's, she's brilliant and really fortunate that she took time out of her day to come and talk to me today. So thank you, Kat. Really, really, really appreciate it. Like I mentioned on the episode, we're going to have all of Kat's contact information available to you uh, in the description of this podcast, as well as any sort of social promotions that we are doing as well. So if you if you do need a social media strategist, if you do need help getting your social media strategy off the ground, definitely go and seek out Kat. She is absolutely amazing. Let's talk about the music this week. So this week, change of pace if you maybe noticed a little bit. Not a not the guitar driven kind of rock music that I've been playing over the last few episodes going more into that kind of chill vibey side of things. This is, this is the music I listen to when I'm in what Heather Faye has introduced to me, uh deep work. And that's usually what now, mind you, I work in my, in my office now, but I, when I used to work in an office office, I would always have my headphones on when I was in deep work. And that was my time to kind of just put my head down and get or nerd out with a marketing automation platform, nerd out with a little bit of like light HTML or JavaScript or jQuery code and things like that, just to help kind of get you in the zone. And that's when I really kind of discovered uh, lo-fi. I don't even, I don't even think lo-fi is the, the right, the right way to categorize that's the way that Spotify categorizes it. But I guess it's kind of like house music. It's kind of like acid jazz music. It just, it's just easy, chill listening. And it's really nice to listen to when you are in that kind of deep work state. So what we've played today is one of those artists that I, that I kind of group into that lo-fi chill music vibing scene or whatever it would be called lost Midas. Now lost Midas was introduced to me through uh, a show actually that I was really, really, really into when it was on uh, house of lies. And if you've never seen house of lies, it's got Don Cheadle in it. Kristen bell is in it. Uh, there's a few other folks as well. It's about management consulting. Ha ha ha. Pretty funny that a consultant watches a show about consulting it, outside of the show, just being 
a lot over the top about what it's like to be consulting, but maybe some of the stuff's not actually over the top, but just having that kind of personal connection to it. I always really enjoyed the show and I, the acting on it is absolutely phenomenal. Anyway, Lost Midas was an artist that was featured on that show, specifically the song that brought us into the episode, Love Undone. Great jam. Great, great, great jam. And the song that is going to take you out of this episode and the song that you heard before I started talking is called Dream Kiss. Again, another kind of just chill, a little bit of pounding on the bass, not a slap of the bass, but a little bit of a, a pounding on the bass. But nevertheless, great artist, great DJ, great producer, really love his music. Check him out, Lost Midas. Got he's got a ton of music available on Spotify. I know that for sure. So definitely go and give Lost Midas a listen. Before we wrap up today's episode, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the socials. You can follow me on LinkedIn at Mike McFarland. You can follow the company Mike McFarland Marketing Group 3MG on LinkedIn. You can also follow us on TikTok. No. Yes, you can follow us on TikTok at 3mg.ca. You can definitely follow us on Instagram at 3mg.ca. I had a lot of fun this week. On Wednesday, I believe, it was opposite day. So instead of my wife, Kim, being the one who normally runs our socials, she handed over the keys to the Instagram account to me, and I got to post some fun stuff during the day, a lot of which were stories, so a lot of which is gone now. But I had a lot of fun doing it. So I think I'm definitely going to I'm gonna try to participate more on Instagram. So if you haven't already, definitely give us a follow at 3mg.ca. Preemptively, I am asking you to subscribe to me on YouTube. A little bit of a, not spoiler, but uh, a, little bit of, a little bit of an update, I guess, is the best way to say it. The first episode of Mike versus is done. It is ready. It is ready to be introduced to the world. So in preparation of that, if you want to get aligned to the posting schedule that I will have on YouTube, you can follow me on YouTube at 3MD-CA. Or you can just search for 3MG or Mike versus or however you want to try to find me on, on, on the YouTube's. Really fun episode this week. Thank you again for listening. Thank you to everyone that has continued to listen. Thank you for everyone for providing feedback. A lot of the changes that you saw in this week's episode came from feedback that I was getting from folks. So I welcome any and all feedback, constructive, positive, negative. Just the fact that people give a shit is pretty is pretty incredible. So thank you for everyone who has shared their feedback. Thank you for everyone who has wanted to help make this podcast better. So hopefully you like this new format. I think it flows a little bit better. It gives me a little bit more time to ramble. It gives you guys a little bit more time to listen to why you're here to these incredible guests that I'm, inc- that I'm very fortunate to have. So hopefully this works out. Well, let me know in the comments or let me know over LinkedIn or feel free to reach out to me. Uh, you can follow, again, we talked about the socials earlier. You can follow me on LinkedIn and message me there. So thank you again for listening this week and we will see you on the flip side. Deuces.